This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Because haven't your eyes been doing enough work lately? Hey there, new employee, and welcome to Watch Out for Fireballs Industries. This training module will teach you about the subject of bile and how to deal with the bile that accumulates over the course of your tenure at our podcasting empire. No longer relegated to two of the four humors that determine our personality, bile is actually a serious work hazard. Not every game we play can be as high quality as Seaman or Zelda 2. In fact, some of them are downright egregious. Tomba, Sword of Mana, Sacrifice, all of these are games that will make you want to end your life. But don't end your life. Know that your widow and or widower will not receive severance should you self-immolate for causes that aren't related to the artifacts we keep in sub-basement D. Let's walk through some scenarios. Where, where the hell am I supposed to go? Fucking tell me, Toomba! No! Now, where did he go wrong? That's right. He cut open his gut and strung his intestines around the room like Christmas tree lights. What he should have done was take a short break, do some calisthenics, and contemplate the void. Here's our next one. My altar? You betrayed me for, for, for real, Stratos? I can't trust anyone. Stratos, James, Corey and accounts receivable, they're on to get me. I'll descend on their filthy warrens like a cleansing white wind. Prepare to die. <laughs> games may make you question the motives of those around you, and even go so far as to wage a moral battle against all who could possibly wrong you. But remember that the game begins and ends when you press the power button, and Tim Curry doesn't exist outside of Sacrifice and Gabriel Knight. He's just a figment of your imagination. And finally, let's take a look at someone playing Banjo-Kazooie. Go to hell, bird! Collect my dick! In all reality, this is really the only practical response to Banjo-Kazooie. Should anyone suggest this game, be sure to watch out for fireballs. Collect our dick. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you are listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It's a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about Tomba, which is a platforming game developed by Whoopi Camp and released for the <laughs> PlayStation in 1997. It's a company name that might have needed a little bit more workshopping. <laughs> um, so Whoopi Camp. Uh, this game is, is non-linear to the extreme and is classified as many as like a Metroidvania uh, game nowadays. Its development was headed by Takuro Fujiwara, Fujiwara uh, who is the creator of Ghosts and Goblins and producer for the Mega Man series. Now, Tomba leans really heavily on exploration and backtracking, and it has a rudimentary quest system in the form of events. 
uh, when you talk to specific characters or find objects out in the world, you're given an objective that you have to fulfill before you can get a reward or even progress the plot. Uh, and you accomplish this in most instances by either, by either defeating a certain monster or finding uh, you know certain items um, and then collecting them and taking them back to a specific town person. Right, right. And, and this game was well-received by critics at the time, but sold terribly. And uh, it did have a sequel, but Whoopi Camp uh, disbanded at the end of the summer of 2000. All the counselors prophesied <laughs> together, <laughs> you know, afterwards and, and, uh, and Whoopi... But yeah. it never it never came to fruition. Uh, Whoopi Camp has been disbanded. We <laughs> Whoopi Camp has been. Disbanded. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want to join the camp across the lake. Uh, <laughs> uh, Plays kickball against Whoopi Camp because I would I would like to to give these guys a you know a run for their their money. <laughs> Spread some misery to these these guys. Yeah, it's only fair. Um, it does it turn about <laughs> exactly. Um, the plot is pretty threadbare. Um, you know, the game, it really relies on its charm um, exclusively to endear itself to the players. Um, and, you know, the things you do and the reasons you're doing them uh, are no exception to that. Mm, right. I mean, just, you, you play as, as the, the titular Tomba. Um, you're a pink-haired cave boy, and uh, you're hunting down evil pigs who have corrupted the world and stolen your grandpa's gold bracelet. Bracelet. So you only talk about this kind of like under motivating thing. I was kind of I kept expecting like a Pulp Fiction esque backstory for the bracelet. Um, <laughs> you, you mean a Pulp Fiction esque uh, lack of backstory? No, no. I was expecting oh. Thomas' grandpa to say, "I carry this bracelet up my ass in the Viet Cong for <laughs> you know twenty years, and that's why you have to get this bracelet back." Um, oh. Yeah, and then in order to like you know, so you're you're trying to to fight these these pigs. They've been collecting gold, including this bracelet, and. Uh, a series of progressively older men kind of tell you these evil pig secrets. Yeah. And uh, each pig, you have to find a bag to put them in that matches their color and kind of like a boss fight and send them into their like own pocket dimension or, or you know, uh, uh, Planescape-esque maze for eternity. <laughs> um, after you seal away the pig, the area that they had cursed kind of returns to normal. And uh, after you've sealed away all the pigs, the world is saved. You get your bracelet, bracelet back. Why can't I pronounce bracelet today? You get your bracelet back, and that is the end of the game. Yeah. Um, so this is a warning to everybody who was really excited about us playing it. Um, if you liked our Abe's Odyssey episode or, uh, uh, let's say, Sacrifice or Sword of Mana, um, you're going to love this episode. Yeah, I, I, I hate this fucking game. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it doesn't do anything neat, but I, I hated every moment of playing it, more or less. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't. So, you know, full disclosure, I did not beat it. Um, which I, I try to do. Like, I, it makes for a better episode if I can talk about the whole the whole game all the way to the end. Right. But I just I got just way too way too frustrated with it, and 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 we'll we'll go we'll go about it at length. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so at a certain point, my my firsthand experience is going to drop off, yeah. um, similar to the sort of Mana episode, uh, kind of sadly. Um, but you know, that's just uh, that's just the way that the. Uh, the cookie crumble sometimes. Yeah, so. and, and I'll and I'll try and pick up and cover the cover the holes. It, you know, you did make a valiant effort, and in all reality, you were actually pretty close. Yeah, which is weird. Like, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that as a pacing thing. But beating the second boss and actually being, you know, more than halfway through the game is really strange. Yeah, um, it's discouraging it, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and pacing is is the least of this game's, yeah. game's problems. So, so we'll kind of yeah we'll kind of take it you know area by area. 
um, as long as we can. And, and I think that uh, gripes and grumbles will just kind of trickle out <laughs> yeah. all like raindrops out of my mouth. <laughs> and the, uh, um, eventually, Cole can kind of close the plot in case, you, you know, what happens to the bracelet? What happens to Toma's grandpa? How long was it what in his ass? Out? Yeah, how long was it in his asshole? Like, it, yeah. you know, like uh, the pocket dimension inside his human pocket. He died of dysentery. I wish some terrible things on Toma's family while playing this. Like dysentery, mild, mild compared to like the, I wanted like Tomba's grandpa to get early onset Alzheimer's and then Tomba comes back and he doesn't even remember him. He doesn't even know what a bracelet is. And then, you know, Tomba spends out the rest of his days, like just crying at his bedside and just, I, I wish so much emotional violence onto this caveman. I hate him so much. Oh man. So the way we're going to go about talking about this game, because it is like, you know, really non-linear, <laughs> like we're just like the the actual like, like plowing through the areas is going to be kind of short because there's no determined sequence that you have to hit them. I think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about generalities. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of things and that makes sense because a lot of the, the generalities have to do with the, the specific physics and locomotion of the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, certain areas, you know, in the beginning, it's like, oh, this part was kind of tough. And then eventually every part becomes that. So every part becomes this like relying on pinpoint platforming with a with a control scheme and and kind of physics that don't support it. Right. So, yeah. Well, when we talk about the beginning being really endearing, you know, it starts off in this really, really nice area called the Village of All Beginnings, which is kind of Green Hill Zone. You know, it's really easy. Um and I would kind of say that this is the only area in the game that is like an unqualified win. I would I would agree. And this was fun. You, you know, astute listeners will remember when we were apologizing for all the delays that came before our, our Tomba episode. Um, I was I, I said several times like I'm actually digging the game, you know. <laughs> and it was just these first couple areas that I yeah. done. But it really, you know, if it if it maintained this kind of this tone and maintained this kind of design sense, I think that it would have been you know a much more fun fun game. You know, and it's not just a question of it being easy. It's just also this is the the part of the game that feels the most fair. Right. I think. You're introduced to kind of the basic mechanics of the game. Um, you have a bolo that you can use to stun enemies, and uh, you jump on enemies and throw them, kind of similar to uh, Klonoa, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, that that part that's a little bit strange. You have to arrive onto the enemy directly from above them. You can't approach from any kind of angle to them, or you'll be hurt. And that's a little bit frustrating, but it's easy to do here because. You, that, you know, the heights, everything is around at ground level. It's easy to get, get above things and land directly on them, I found. Here. Yeah. Here, yes. Later, not so much. Here. Um, <laughs> when, they, when they are perched several Tomba heights above you, then it becomes crazy. Right, unit of measurement that yes. we're going to be using. <laughs> THs. THs. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> 14 deaths at THs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, this is also kind of the area that I mean, it's it's a playground for some of the stuff that it does that, that it does right, and the things that like you know of of the two D platformers that we've played or the two and a half D, and you know some of the ones that I've seen like Bug or Clockwork Knight or a Stall or other Sega Saturn games. Um, <laughs> That, that that should have hit harder but uh but no, no i'm sorry like what would i I'm sorry, sorry no i'm just no, it's okay it's, what, what, i yeah i apologize no no i was just li- li- listing off a bunch of d level two and a half d platformers no of of all of I, those I wasn't, but it is here here's the we'll deconstruct this here's why i didn't react to that is because i didn't i wasn't exactly sure where you're going with it so i couldn't 
couldn't contrast. And I haven't played a bunch of those games. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I think this is maybe it's one of those uh, age differences, like that Sega mm-hmm. Saturn era. Um, I was not really into video games okay. during that period, so I never had a Saturn or anything like that. Like the, I can count the number of two and a half D platformers I played on on three fingers. So okay. it's this Klonoa and uh, uh, Pandemonium. Right. So. So yeah. I, I guess where, where I was juking with that was that uh, of all the two and a half D platformer games that I've played, this makes the most use of that, you know, faux three dimensionality in that there's a background and a foreground and you navigate somewhat sensibly between them. Somewhat sensibly. Like the areas in which you can traverse the foreground and background are sometimes telegraphed all right and sometimes not, I find. Um, the Initially, though, I really did. I, I like it. As a thing, you have, you have these two kind of planes, a foreground and a background, and uh, the camera doesn't change. So when you're when you're adventuring in the background, you are just you. Well, no, it does. I'm, I apologize. It, it zooms in. So um, that's that kind of makes the becomes the problem because there are times when you uh, you switch into the background, the camera zooms in. You are adventuring in the background. You have no concept of what's happening in the foreground. So knowing where you can jump forward, you know, press down and jump and get back into the foreground is sometimes a bit of a guessing game. Um, this happens more later than here. But there's no reason, it doesn't, there's not, it wasn't clearly a reason for me that I couldn't just kind of jump that fence and, and jump back at any time. And I don't think it would have hurt the game to just have a lot more access between those two things. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it wasn't frustrating here, but it, later it becomes a, more of a frustration. Yeah. You, 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 have, you know, you have your, your health bar, you collect fruit to, to replenish that. And you get your first uh, quest here. Um, and you, you, it's just, I think it's when you hit the mailbox is the first thing that pops up the first side quest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is also, you know, so this is one of the things this game is lauded for and is one of the things that makes it a little bit, you know, unique is that, uh, you know, it's a platformer structure, but you have all these little tiny side missions and stuff, but you get very little information about them. And that is a, a continuous st- sore spot. So, you, you know, you touch this, this mailbox and it says something like, um, clear the fog. Like when you touch a mailbox, like it becomes this Dadaist poetry. <laughs> that, like there's no connection between A and B and then ultimately C, which is, which is going to be the solution. You know, I just, I don't know what, what is going on. And you can pull up a menu and look at your, you have like, like the a candidate for the least useful kind of uh, status screen in this game. Because you can pull up a list of your quests which just retell you what it said when you originally got it, which is no more than like ever like four words, four or five words. So, you know, it does not give you any clue as to what you need to do. And then you have the most useless map yeah. in like in a game in a, in a really long time that I've, I've seen. It's not so much a map. I mean, it, it tells you the relationship between this area and what it connects to, um, which when you are trying to traverse from like one area to another and you're like, okay, I need to go through Bacchus village to the haunted mansion, to mushroom forest, all of this kind of stuff. In that sense, it, it works, but it's not like, like it's that it's a, what is it? Intra intra area. It's really useful for intra area, but not inter area. Like even, it doesn't even intra area though, the, uh, because of the foreground and background and because the map gives no indication of as to which way you're facing, Mm-hmm. You never know whether you need to leave the map you're on on the horizontal axis or the vertical axis to get to something, right? to get to the next thing. And that was frustrating to me. Um, that comes up a lot. I mean, the, the mansion is the only kind of area that exists in, in all four directions, at least as far as I, I played. Yeah. But initially, um, you know, this I, I could not, could very, very rarely make heads or tails of the map. But 
I mean, here it's all kind of fun and quiet and like, you know, clear the fog. There's fog that's stopping you from progressing, you know, mm-hmm. so that is readily apparent, like what you need to do. The problem is solved. Where, where this falls apart later on is when the the quest and getting it is so inscrutable. And the thing that you need to do is really far away from where you get it. Yeah, there, there's a, there's definitely a disconnect in every part of this this game, even down to the point where like the entrance to the boss you fight, like the the, the you know we talked about how their evil pigs have taken over each of these zones. Those pigs are not necessarily located in those zones. Um, so you'll defeat a boss in one in a fire area that will clear another area across the map for some reason or another, yeah. and you get the the bag to defeat that pig in a third area. Mm-hmm. Like everything is is scattered. When you talk about the the quest, you know, even this quest, so you don't run into that fog until you've gone, you know, two maps over or two screens over. And then what universe are you going to guess that you get a whirlwind from a mailbox? <laughs> you know, it's like the worst adventure game. Right. You know, it just it is literally just there's no connection between anything. There's no cohesiveness to this game. Like there's no no logic mm-hmm. like in the way anything is laid out. And I think that's supposed to be kind of goofy and fun, but it is not goofy nor fun. <laughs> neither, neither goofy nor fun. <laughs> yeah. Neither hats nor clams. But it's it, it's one of those things. Like I, I would, I wonder how if it functions any better in Japanese. Do you think it's a translation thing where they could pack more information into those into those sentence long descriptions in Japanese characters? Or maybe I, I mean, just like like if I was looking for the fault point, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, and that, that and that might be it. You know, like if, if if it gave me a little bit more of a hint and I was able to review those hints, um, that might have fixed the, the quest structure. Yeah. Um, one of my big problems with the quest structure, I'll talk about the other one uh, a little bit later. But uh, you proceed through this area and you eventually kind of find your first um, your first Obi-Wan, as it were. Uh, you know, we mentioned the, mm-hmm. the, the, the men who get progressively older. Like all men do. <laughs> until until the inevitable death that Tombo wants to evoke in you. Um, no, but like <laughs> you know, from, from 100 years to a million years, and each of them kind of guides you along, along your way. But they also serve as kind of these uh, greater game checkpoints. You find items that warp you back to them. Um, and they also um, heal you, which is which is a nice little perk. I wish that you found those items where you found the man. Yeah. So I didn't find the the hundred year old man bell. I never found in in this game. I ended up finding the thousand year old man bell, but it's in a totally unrelated again. You know, <laughs> couldn't be be less related to where he's at. It's an entirely different area of the game that has no thematic or geographical connection. Yeah. Um, and the other kind of irritating thing about these, well, irritating and, and it could possibly be good depending on how you feel about these, but, uh, each of them has a key that corresponds to different chests that you find throughout the world. So you get the, uh, hundred year old key. It opens with the, opens up the wooden chests. But the thing is, you know, you're also finding 10,000, 100,000 in a million year, you know, chests in that right. same area. So it's like, well, I won't be able to open these for the next 10 hours. Have right, fun. and that ends up becoming kind of a, a fun tantalizing thing, you know, a little bit where you see, you know, like three or four chests that you can't open yet, and you're like, oh, I'm going to come back here. It reminds me of um, Dragon Warrior. Um, when you start out Dragon Warrior, it's always fun to see that treasure room, yeah. and you can't come back until halfway through the game where you get that key, mm-hmm. come back and finally see what's in there, and it's like 63 gold and a fucking wyvern wing. Like it's not, <laughs> it's no good. Right. But it, it's exciting to see it initially. It, it's the same thing in this too. Like, oh, yeah, oh here's yeah. <laughs> here's fruit that I can't save to use later. It just it's an immediate health replenish. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And I I came all the way back here for and for what? Yeah, for, for what? For what? 
Um, we believe in nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's pretty much just this first area. Um, just like pretty simple platforming. You run into that Obi Wan character. Like I, I like this area. Um, you get you get you know a, a handle a little bit on your your controls. Um, Tomba can can ledge things. Um, I can't remember the, the right word for that exactly. Where you grab onto a ledge, yeah. and uh, pull yourself up. And uh, can land on enemies if you land exactly on top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and can grip onto the side of many objects. There's lots of balls floating in space. A lot of times there's <laughs> flower bulbs. Yeah. And uh, if, you, if you hit them you know, from the top, you land on them like a platform. If you hit them from the side, you kind of just grip them yeah. with all four of your limbs. And it's, and it's funny because like, for, for as like, sloppy and floaty as the rest of the game is, the snapping to the ledges and the snapping to items um, that are floating kind of in the middle of the air, that's really responsive and like crisp. Right. Sometimes I found well, so the the ball floating bulbs and ledges fine. The times um, where I there are more swinging puzzles because mm-hmm. you can also um, there are kind of bars that you'll do a uh, you know gymnast style swing on. You have to aim so your hands land on them. Like yeah. if your stomach lands, there are several times where I kind of belly flopped into them and then just kind of rubbed off. Yeah, and and didn't catch on. So it's some of the things are are responsive and some of the things are not. And uh, in this area, at least luckily, you know, there's a gr- solid ground underneath you. Mm-hmm. And it's one of, like, two areas in the game where that's the case. <laughs> like, the next area introduces mostly solid ground but lots of spikes. And then third area of the game, so very early in the game, you're almost doing everything over pits. Yeah. Terrible. Talk a little bit about that uh, that jump physics, though. We were talking about the floatiness and stuff. Yeah. I mean, just we always talk about, like, if it's not Mario jump physics, then... Come back later when you have Mario jump <laughs> physics. Um, but, you, you know, there, there, there's such a good thing as a non-Mario jump, I think. This mm-hmm. is not it. You, you you accelerate upward really, really quickly, but there's, like, no sense of gravity. So you jump up really quick, and your your, your arc, like the parabola, it's, like, incredibly steep almost, which mm-hmm. aids you in, like, jumping and trying to get on top of, you know, somebody. You know, like, it's, it gives mm-hmm. you a good trajectory toward them if they're not already positioned too far above you. Um, but, uh, just with the general floatiness of it, it makes it really, really difficult to land on platforms, especially when you jump so high that the camera like jumps up with you and you can't see what you're coming down on top of. Yep. That's going to be a a thing I'm going to talk about later too, is that camera and like the amount of screen real estate you see at any given, given point. Yeah. But the, uh, uh, in addition, you don't have as response, like you can control your jump. It's not like Castlevania where you're committed to two seconds of like a stiff, you know, lousy jump. You can control and kind of backtrack and, and control your jump, but it's not fine controls. There's a little bit of a delay. So you, you know, you'll jump forward and then hit back because you've changed your mind or an enemy came out of nowhere that's going to knock you into a pit or any number of things. And there's a, like a bit of a, like a delay before you'll react to that. And uh, that caused, you know, a lot of, a lot of deaths. For me, in addition to there's a delay before you use your weapon as well, and so much shorter than that. But that did kind of remind me a little bit of Castlevania. Like yeah. when you when you hit the button in Castlevania to whip, it takes a second, then you whip, and that's kind of it does that a little bit here, which is is horrible because a lot of times what I'm trying to do is if I'm jumping up to a ledge, I need to hit a guy out of you know out of my way so I can land on the ledge because the screen real estate is so poorly designed. Like I don't know that he's there before I jump. Like there are mm-hmm. a lot of leaps of faith that happen a little bit later in this game. Um, so I mean, I feel like if the game, if the point of the game is going to be, you know, the fun of kind of like, lo- like you move very fast and yeah. you, you have this very large horizontal jump. It could be very fun in like a parkour sense, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I ended up watching the last half of this game, watch the guy speed run it. 
And it was really, he looked like he was having a blast because he's just, you know, <laughs> jamming through these levels. But every, you know, you, you're so disempowered with, with your, your agency and what you can, what you can do, um, you know, mid jump and, and, and using your weapons and everything like that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not quick. It's like it's con- considered a control scheme and the environment is designed to be like a reflex based or quick, you know, play area. Yeah. I mean, isn't that true of any game though? When you watch somebody speed run, and it's like, holy crap, he's not—he's not seeing any of the frustration that I'm getting. But I mean, that, I mean, that is true. Yeah. But I'm just saying there are games where I've played which do have that kind of like kinetic, you know, fun yeah. traversal, and and platformers, and you know, of this vintage, <laughs> like it's not just something that's, you know, new and you know has to be like an amazing game. Like I've played games that have a more. It's more fun to just move through space. Yeah, than, well, than this game is kind of along with this, you know. And I guess it's relevant because you know you get it in this first area, but the ability to run makes a huge difference in this game. Yeah, and it's entirely missable. That first tree that you pass by, Charles is up there, and yep. he can teach you how to run if you get him some bananas. Yeah, Charles is a monkey. Yes, he he is he is a monkey who uh, is constantly in need of pants. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was watching I, like you know I got stuck at one point and I and I relied heavily on internet sources um, because there are no good facts out there. You know there there are video walkthroughs that tell you like oh that portal was in that place. Fuck you, Whoopi mm. Camp. Yeah. Um, but it's like I'm watching them. It's like wait a minute, like where do you get that umbrella? Is he floating? Whoa, whoa, why is he running? Why yeah. is Tomba running like a cat and his anime as hell? You know, yes. <laughs> so, yes. so it's like, you know, when you watch somebody, it's like, how in the world did, did he become the Superman when I'm like running around with a with a fucking boomerang? Yeah, running around with a boomerang and running around with uh, the default health. Like whenever I saw, <laughs> you know, look through a video walkthrough, they had like, you know, seven health bars, six health bars. And like, what the fuck? Where did you find these things? Yeah, um, they're, they're just items yeah. that you get for doing quests or just throughout the world. Who cares? <laughs> and there's so I mean, going back to uh, and we'll get to the second level of this at some point, <laughs> going back to the frustration of the quest. There's no demarcation when a quest is going to give you like a piece of fruit or some nonsense that, mm-hmm. you know, or you don't need or want or just experience points mm-hmm. um, or whether it's going to give you this essential power up. Right. You know, so you can do a quest, which it just it does. It does almost nothing for you. And uh, or you can do a quest that gives you these pants that make it so possible <laughs> to complete the game. And the the possible to complete the game thing is hidden in a tree right in the very beginning. <laughs> you know, like what? Who? In what world is that like a good idea? You know, that's awful. That's a terrible idea. Don't like. I just uh. <laughs> like you, like when you reward exploration, you take things that are are nice to have but unessential. You know, yeah. and you, you, you explore and you either get little bits of story or little bits of lore or like power ups that you don't need or extra money or things like extra experience. You don't put things that are like gate items hidden and out of the way and count, you know, non intuitive to get to. That's a terrible design idea. True that. And it happens so often in this game that I know it's intentional. You know, it doesn't happen once, it happens several times in the <laughs> it's, game. It's not an oversight, it's a very considered. Yes, it's a design thing. decision. Yeah. <sighs> Dwarf Forest. Gary's just heating up like a, a wire coat hanger over the over the stove to you know so he can feel alive. Uh, 
So after you uh, after you get through this first area, which foreshadows a lot of these flaws that uh, are you know have been boiling my blood for for a couple weeks, <laughs> um, you get to the the dwarf forest, and uh, this area also still pretty okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a uh, it's kind of fun. Like you're trying to learn the dwarf language, like they they can't speak to you, so you do it by tackling. Um, this dwarf kind of over, <laughs> and, over um, and just kind of, I don't know, like chewing the language out of him. Uh, <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, dwarves do communicate through flavors. <laughs> That's a good idea. Like, you know, like some kind of race that communicates through flavors. Yeah. Like you taste pensive. What's up, babe? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and you just, like go into the kitchen, and, like slather, like, you know, sauces onto yourself to fake emotions. So like, you know, exactly. you, you get fired. And then you come home and you want to hide it from your wife. So you go into the kitchen yeah. and just like slather contentment all over your chest. <laughs> and then- <laughs> or, or just like, you know, you're, you're, you're putting on a dinner party and you want to, you know, so, so dinner is a way of telling a story. Yeah. You know? And let's shop this. <laughs> okay. That's a good idea. All right. Let's stop talking about Tomba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good short story ideas cast. Uh, Colin, Colin Gary. But the uh, so the, this is where the the first area where I was talking about the you know, first area you have all these kind of jumps and everything and there's no no penalty really this area introduces some spikes which are which are kind of frustrating um, but still kind of fun there's a nice like little cubert area where there are these plants that have these bulbs on the top of them and you can jump on them once but then when you jump off it reveals a spike underneath so you can kind of just use each platform once and you kind of have to plan your your route based on that yeah um, I thought those were okay. Um, yeah, and then you eventually get to the first kind of like RPG-ish area. You get to a top-down area that's actually the Dwarf Village. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, it, it's neat, like, but it feels kind of innocuous, and it feels like it doesn't contribute an awful lot to the game. Yeah. No, nobody, none of the dialogue, I, like, this would be a good place. If this game is going to get by on charm, this would have been a good place to have the people say funny things. Yeah. And they don't. So, which, which is frustrating. You just mostly get, like, a bunch of quests here. Yeah. And, and like as a quest hub, it's serviceable. Like, you know, any of these areas where you're not trying to like find, you know, find the person to turn in this token to, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, it's kind of like, oh, I died because I missed the jump on the way to him. That's fine. Like that serves its purpose. And eventually when you get the ability to warp at will, you know, without using the charity wings or whatever, it's kind of mm-hmm. neat to like, you know, that's when you really start dusting up these quests. The, uh, when, well, well. I mean, I, I would disagree in, in that one thing. Like, what is the one thing that this is missing from, you know, a quest hub, which would be, uh, like, a shop or something? So oh, initially, yeah. you know, you're talking about the, those charity wings. Um, so not only, like, health. So health can, can become hard to come by. Like, there's plenty of fruit around, but it doesn't replenish. So if you are low on health and you, you know, you run into this fruit when you have full health, they just waste it. You're just sport eating. You run, <laughs> sport you eating. Those, yeah, eating for sport at that point. IFOCE. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, the uh, you're just sport eating. So you de- you know depleted the, the the fruit from the the forest. It's not a you know a, a Dr. Seuss story. It's it's real life for Tomba. Um, <laughs> you you ate all the food when you weren't hungry, and now you're hungry and you have none. And uh, you know so you're just kind of at this like I wanted when I got to this village, I wanted there to be a shop to do that and to buy charity wings. Mm-hmm. Which uh, even the name of that is like a fuck you to the player. <laughs> like you know like here, there's some charity for you. Warp to, you know, this game that requires immense backtracking through, like, really difficult platforming areas. Every once in a while, we'll give you a wing so you can warp. Yeah. Because you, you, you get that warp ability, that warp at will ability, really, like, pretty late in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, 
So I really wanted a place to buy that shit and mm-hmm. and one ups because you can save in the you can save in every new area when you get there. There's a sign if you read the sign that lets you save. It's yeah. Great, but so you, at that point it's like I can either when you die you start at the beginning of the area. Um, so if you accomplish your goal, great, and you can decide you know okay that was worth a life. If you don't accomplish your goal, you may as well reload, which requires <laughs> like PlayStation era loading screens, going back to the title screen, which defaults you to new game. Yep. <laughs> so when you, when you fucking die, like you you uh, you know you're constantly starting in that opening cinematic again, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take too long to just like get into the game and then hit go to load from the start menu. Mm-hmm. But just who don't default to new game if you have no. a save system? Mm-hmm. No, like come on, and then the uh, but anywho. So I found myself a couple times in this game where I was low on, I had either one life or zero lives. You know, I had accomplished enough things where I didn't want to reload my game because I didn't want to try some annoying part again. And then so I, I, I ended up with the two most frustrating parts in this game that we'll talk to you, talk about with zero lives. So every single time I failed at these incredibly hard platforming things, I had to go through this load sequence again. Yeah. Including several times of just starting the game again because new game is the default. Mm-hmm. So, so put, put a continue like you, yeah. like a save a save system is not a substitution for continue unless it's like an RPG, right? You know, and that's that's when you do that. For a platformer, though, there shouldn't. I mean, there should barely even be lives. Like, why even? <laughs> you know, and I'm, you know, this game came out fairly early. Like, it was before that became the prevailing opinion. Yeah, but you know, again, like just things that Mario does right or other platforms <laughs> do right. Like unlimited continues. Uh, you know, make lives irrelevant. You know, when it comes to platformers. You know, we talked about this. I like I listened to some of the old episodes. We're talking about uh, zombies at my neighbors, and like a design decision that is important is that when you fail, you need to a feel like it's your fault, which I very rarely felt like I knew what I did wrong when I fucked up on these platforming things, and two, I need to be able to try again right away, because then if I do see what I did wrong, I need to be able to be like, okay, this is better, and that's what is you know that's what makes challenge fun, is like what can I do better? Let me think about this. Okay, if I do this better, this will work. Ta-da, and then it works and it's satisfying. Right. But it's, they put this huge barrier between failing and retrying in this game because of this antiquated life system. So it's a fine hub as far as getting quests, and you can come back here and it, you know, there are action areas adjacent to it, so that's good. But uh, it is not good as far as re- requiring everything I want from like a home base in a game. Counterpoint. Tomba has pink hair and that's adorable. No, no. Are, are, you, are, you, are, are, are you trying to bait me into uh, talking about Dark Souls? Yes. <laughs> no, okay. even though at some point I was just going to talk about how much I decided I don't like difficult games. So you can, so I could beat you into uh, saying your Dark Souls really a catchphrase. Uh, like the, the, the Cole Ross like stuffed animal that like when you pull the string on the back. So, <laughs> so actually I'm on the record as saying my favorite game in 2011 was Dark Souls. I'm on the record. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny all right oh. i think that's how you say it and i don't, I don't want that's to go back I and actually check the tapes but i forget where i even said that at first you said it you said it like three times what do you mean you forget when you said it you said it earlier today i'm sure like can you forget that's my mantra when i wake up you're saying it right now i, saw, uh. I, I look into the mirror i set my jaw and i say dark souls is my favorite game of 2011 yep. that's what gives you the strength it's like an affirmation <laughs> the game's tough but i'm tougher cole fucking ross cole let's go ross. let's do this now you get a can of nails and a yeah, yeah. so, so. So so we're 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 getting into the, the you know the the parts of the game um that are just a blatant fuck you to yeah. the player starting with the mushroom forest 
And I hate this fucking thing. I hate this area so much. It would be one thing if it was just the bottomless pits because you expect that in a platformer. But even the platforms aren't safe. Because you're fighting these flower men who, when they're open, you can treat them like normal enemies. You pick them up and you throw them, etc. But when they're closed, they're pointy and they damage you. And you have that nice little Simon Belmont, you fly backwards when you get hit. And then you're dead. Um, And then also, the platforms that you go to jump on, they have these mushrooms on them that can debilitate you. They're, they're, They're like status effect mushrooms. Yep, and one of the debilitations you can get causes you, instead of attacking, to run forward, oftentimes off the ledge of a platform. <laughs> like, what in what way is that just not designed to just, like, you know, to say fuck you? Like, this is an insult, you know? <laughs> For, forget you, you, I want to be the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the, the uh, and, and just, like, disempowering, you know? Like, I can't, like, you're, you're stuck between, you can't stun one of these flowers, you can't hit one of these flower, flowers, you can't jump on him, he's closed up. And then when you actually try to hit him, when he opens up, you run off a cliff. <laughs> like, because your guy's too sad. Like, come <laughs> that, on. That, that's dark. He's suicidal. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, well, ah, that's, the, that's the sad one. <laughs> good. No one will mourn him. Like, <laughs> his grandpa has already forgotten him. Early onset Alzheimer's. I got this Alzheimer's, this whole fan fiction uh, planned for, for, for what's happened to, to this, this little caveman. <laughs> this little cave boy. Um, so the the mushrooms, and again, just this weird random element of this game or things I feel like are... So you get the, these things. What makes sense to me would be, uh, uh, you know, you get seemingly at random, there's a cure to this item yeah. found, right? Um, which, it's it's in this area, which is good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so the, <laughs> at least, like, yeah, at least I'm not going to the fire caves to get the mushroom that cures my emotions. <laughs> Um, it sounds like a metaphor for something like I, I don't know what um, so that's fine it's frustrating though because you just have to like get it out so they, they turn these these two mushrooms into keys okay so you have to go back to this area and like some doors you can only open if you're crying and some doors you can only open if you're laughing again sounds like some kind of metaphor um, so you constantly are going to have to come back here deal with this this impediment getting out of this tough platforming area unless you unless the game is giving you enough charity uh, <laughs> by letting you warp to areas um and then if you're just in this area though and you're constantly hitting the you know the laugh or cry status effects you have to open up this menu every single time to cure it and it happens all the time these mushrooms are everywhere yeah like most platforms have two or three of them and out of like maybe six possible spots yeah so, so you like, only have like maybe two tomba widths to land on yeah, exactly. Or other unit of measurement, uh, TWs. <laughs> it's also had that this uh, irritating quest, which like so. When talking about the other thing that pisses me off about the quest, you know, I was saying how you know I never know what's going to be mandatory and what's just going to be some piece of fruit that you get for completing it. If you jump into the background of this area, which I didn't immediately know you could do, again a little bit frustrating, but probably my fault. I was I was running a race car in the red at this point. Um, you see these two giant squid monsters in this area that you had to fight. And I kind of I like that there's a method to defeating them. Mm-hmm. So I like that. It's a little bit of a puzzle. And the the trick is if you jump onto the side of them, you shut their eyes, and then you jump on top of the other one and throw it into the one because if he has his eyes open, he'll dodge. I kind of like that. They drift though at like random. So there are many times where they're like too far away from each other to do this, or you've shut one of their eyes and the other one is floating above you like three, you know, three or four THs. And and you, you, there's you, there's nothing you can do about it, right. and you have to do it like three times, like to, to defeat them. 
huge pain in the ass. And if you jump and you try it, and jumping out of something's side is really risky because if you misjudge your jump just a little bit, you're going to hit the kind of bottom side of them and get hurt. So that happened to me a bunch of times too, like trying to fight these guys. Super yeah. frustrating. And this is just a quest that you get from a, a, a sign in the back, in the back of this area. Yeah, and it just says there's monsters. And Toma takes it upon himself. Like, you, have you not been playing this whole game, Toma? There's fucking <laughs> monsters everywhere, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? None of them are more dangerous than the monsters that appear when you close your eyes. No, it's <laughs> but but just kind of like it says, monster hunt. And it's like... In this area, like going around and searching for stuff at random, just groping on every platform until I find something. No, thank you. But yeah, like, yeah. Which 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 monsters do you mean? Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and eventually you do like some guys in a totally unrelated area. Again, like that being the buzzword for this fucking game. <laughs> tell you about there's like these giant monsters in the mushroom forest. But again, you're you're not even there yet. Like that that's and that happens in the future. Yeah. To you. You know, like it's just it's laid out like such shit. It's like it's like a random like they decided to make nonlinear and confuse that with random. It's almost like a like a roguelike or something where like all the quests and all the treasures just get scrambled. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost feels like actually at random and totally does not work like it, this nonlinearity at its the worst possible example of nonlinearity to, to the main thrust of your point. You, you know, you see this thing, you get it at random. You don't even know that you have to do it until you get like a little bit later on. And the reward for it is a big, big deal. Yeah, and nothing to indicate that. Yeah. So, like, what makes this different than me not collecting all the leaf butterflies? <laughs> like, another quest I, I skipped. Yeah. You know, because fuck you. And <laughs> uh, clutch my dick. <laughs> the, uh, you know, so I just, there's no, and there's no indication that it's going, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Calm down. Deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> Feel the wind go, you know, passing, you know, in and out in front of the tip of your nose. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's really really bad. Counterpoint: Toma mm-hmm. carry things by keeping them in his stomach, yeah. <laughs> like solid snake. That's true. It's like how I sneak alcohol into the movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, it is the uh, yeah. He's cute. He's real his fucking cute. Counterpoint, his silhouette looks like Sonic. Um, but, maybe that's why, why I hated about it. Just tell. <laughs> We're going to do a Sonic game. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, at this point, like, man, like, if this is the whole point, this is battering me into wanting to do a Sonic game. Like, I would have played the shit out of Sonic 2 instead of okay. this. Like, like that game works, and it's, everything makes sense. Um, a simpler time. Yeah. Yeah. So after after this, so you at this point, and and actually talking about my game experience, I just went and walked around the mushroom forest for a little while. Nothing felt like I completed it. Nothing like there's no climax to it. I just like okay, I went over there. That area fucking sucks. What's over here? And that was the progression I made. Like nothing (laughs) made me to go there. There was no like one of them's right and one of them's left from an area. So it seems totally arbitrary. Um, And I went to Phoenix Mountain, which is like the the wind wind cave area i liked phoenix mountain a little bit it, it quickly wore off its welcome but it acts like this weird kind of reverse scrolling level to a certain extent you're always fighting this wind the platforming is tricky but eventually i mastered it and i felt really cool for doing it 
it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's more about memorization than anything really. And yeah, there's like you know some bullshit like these flowers that'll you know pass you back and forth to get back to the you know to the to the front of the area. But it wasn't bad. I'm more, I more or less agree with you. Like Phoenix Mountain is not too bad. I feel like there's a little bit too much going on in it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I could have done without those little platforms that just shot you up when you walked by. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a literal another just like literal fuck you to the player where there's an area where there's a piece of fruit between a set of spikes and one of those little springs that mm-hmm. can shoot you up that is impossible to get to. Yeah. Um, that is really, really frustrating because several times I needed that because of the aforementioned fruit problems. Yeah, um, <laughs> the aforementioned fruit problems. And That's my, favorite. It's my yeah. favorite Sky <laughs> album. No. <laughs> um, but I, I mostly agree with you. Like, this is kind of fun. And you, when you do get that parasol, um, it makes some, like, some things it makes it impossible to do. Yeah. Which means you're constantly in the menu equipping and unequipping it, which I don't like. Yeah, it's the Ocarina of Time problem at that point. But Yeah. But again, that's that's a problem endemic of the era. So yeah. I don't really blame blame the game for that. I, I agree with you. This is not such a bad area. Yeah, the music's pretty sweet, too. Like, yeah. yeah. It's got and this then, kind of like night on Bald Mountain kind of epic feel to it, you know? Yeah. And the music in this game, like as much as I, none of it really earwormed for me, I will go as far as to say it feels very appropriate. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of bongo-based, like, you know, bounce is, is kind of like how I describe it. Yeah. R- really peppy. It's it's it's, it's nice. Yeah. Um, Not too bad. One thing that kind of irritated me about this, and it's it's something that's a problem throughout the whole game but it's kind of a problem in this area it's a big problem in the in the dwarf forest and it's a huge huge problem in the masakari jungle mm-hmm. um but uh this game really really likes like hiding the ground from you yeah. and there's there's and, tons of stuff that will fuck your shit yeah you know? it, right right behind the, those hidden areas yeah yeah so yeah, that, it's the leaves okay. or it's the the foliage that's in the foreground like talk about fake difficulty you know yep in a, in a platformer like don't hide the platform <laughs> like that's that's in the name like that's what, that's what you're doing is jumping to and from platforms like don't hide the platforms from me especially when you require this much precision and when oftentimes the consequence for failure is death yeah you know don't that's just again and it happens enough to where i feel it's deliberate you know mm-hmm. and that that's very frustrating again like this level too i don't remember i know this is where i so i got the grappling hook here um yeah. Which frustratingly does not so Ocarina of Time problem does not <laughs> hurt enemies, so you can't stun it. You have to. I was just like, okay, this is a straight upgrade. Like, make it a weapon I can use to hit people, and I can grapple with it. Right. And uh, not the case. No. And I never got the hang of the grappling mechanics in this. There's they're they're really really dumb, exactly. and, and I don't mean dumb like you know like middle school you know that's gay kind of thing like it's 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 not smart the way that it goes it, it i mean just kind of like it made sense in bionic commando that like okay it can only shoot and lash in a certain area but like you can only latch on to things like you can't latch on to a ceiling or you can't latch on to you know to, to, to anything that'll help you it's just like these specific things that are floating in the middle of nowhere which require very very it's like it's like if bionic commando you could only latch on to, to the light posts and not on the yeah. platforms or anything and if you aimed your your latch in more than the eight cardinal directions, like Bionic Commando ended up like part of the reason why that worked so well is that like everything was very precise. Yeah. Like, so you you had a jump arc that or you had a swing arc that was exactly the same every time, and you shot out your your grappling hook at exactly the same angle mm-hmm. every time. So it was predictable, and it, and it went the same distance. 
too. Yes. Yeah. Where this goes like varying distance, everything is just chaotic and random bullshit in this game. And, and in this area, if you're using the grappling hook, there's also the wind to contend with. Yes. So it's not it doesn't introduce like elements one element at a time the way like good games do, where it's like, mm-hmm. here's this challenge, here's this solution, here's them together, here's how you you know use that solution to take on two of these challenges at once and ramp that up. It just kind of just gives you like dumps out a level onto the floor and then you just have to walk. It's like 3 a.m. You're going to have to get a glass of water. Tomba has dumped out an entire level onto the floor and you step on every fucking Lego piece as, as, as you're going yeah. is what it feels like. Tomba's like living with a three-year-old. Yes. Um, yeah. But- why, why would you not have like, if you're going to introduce a grappling mechanic, why wouldn't you have like a, an area based around it with low consequence right, right. after you get it? Like, and the, the video games in Memorial do that. Like you, <laughs> you get it, you get a new mechanic. The game teaches you how to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how is that like not a foregone conclusion and and the one area that like the, the only area where it's useful is the fire cave which oh, we're, we're going to talk about in a, <laughs> like like that that's the only area that that it was designed with in mind right which you can't get to for yeah exactly so you get it on the wind mountain you can't get to the fire cave for quite a long time mm-hmm. so so again why like no just no <laughs> relation you know between the two and the fire cave is hard as balls yeah like the fire cave where you're using it is so difficult like it is really really tricky like area for it there's no training to this game it doesn't teach you how to play it if this was a thoughtfully designed game like a real you know like symphony of the night or any of those you know type games i'm not going to say the word um if this was a thoughtfully designed (laughs) game it would be like you get this item this important item and every area that you go back, you see it in a different way. You see yes. it as like a way you, you see potential grapple points. And it's like, oh, I can take this shortcut or, oh, yeah. here's like a whole area of the level I couldn't have gotten to before. But like, wow, there there's secrets around every corner and the entire world is yeah. a magical place full of possibilities. And instead, this yeah. is just kind of like that dude who stands in front of you at the basketball course, like, bam, spikes it down and then goes, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what what um that's exactly that's exactly what it is that's perfect that is like, because it doesn't it never felt when i gained a new upgrade in this and never made me reconsider what I'd become before because they don't that's a very intentional thing like you lay down hints that are just like hey i wonder what's up there that would be cool if i could get up there and then later you get the you know the grappling hook you know or or what or the dash thing i'm thinking of super metroid specifically yeah and you can get up there or the the space jump and it's great it feels great and that never feels good in this game. And that, and I, th- I think that's why the different the different chests feel really infuriating to me because it shows that they're aware of it. It shows that they're aware that like you know putting little breadcrumb trails of unachievable things early in the game can make it really rewarding to go back there. It shows that they're aware that that's a thing that humans like when they play video games. Yes, but but they, then they they don't do it with this other thing, and also they often fill those chests with nonsense. So Jesus Christ. Um, it's like i I hate to like make an adventure time uh reference at this point because you know i I feel like a poser to to a certain extent because i just i just recently watched the entire thing it's like magic man right yeah like exactly you know you remember what such a jerk i am yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's like you know just kind of like you would think that the moral would be get better at games or be more curious but no it just the the moral is we suck at this so (laughs) we suck at this and we hate you exactly mystical magical favor And thank you, Tumba, for teaching me that life lesson. <laughs> giving you my nine dollars and ninety nine cents. 
the uh, the one thing. So again, just one thing. I, the other thing. So we could both, and this this is we both kind of like Phoenix Mountain, and this is what we were just talking about the last couple minutes. But I actually like the Phoenix like cutscene. Kind of is kind of like a fun subversion. You know, like you you find this Phoenix, and he's gonna take you somewhere. I was like, okay, I'm wrong for anything at this point. And uh, you get this little anime cutscene, which like it's very starts out very triumphant. You know, it's a, the shot from above, and then the the phoenix starts faltering and, yeah. and eventually drops you. Um, or, and I like I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, the music starts getting discordant as it's it's falling out of the sky. Like that was mm-hmm. kind of charming. Yeah, <laughs> that's neat. It's it's a it's a wonderful anticlimax, and I like anything that subverts expectations. Not mm-hmm. in such a way as like you think this game is going to be good, and then it's not. But just kind of yeah. like, oh, you know, we're 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 aware that you are hoping for this, but no, here's this yeah. here's this surprising and delightful thing that still advances the plot. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, I actually like that. The area leads you into like so you land in your next hub area, which is the the mushroom village, um, or the people who have been turned into mushrooms. I can't people remember who have been turned into mice. Or turned into mice who are wearing hats. Yes, big hats. That's why I thought they looked like mushrooms. Yes, I thought so too at first until until they realized that they were until they revealed that they were mice. Yes, mices as it were. Um, again, nobody has anything funny to say here. Uh, they just give you some <laughs> quests, and this is where another arbitrary part with the quest is that. Uh, completing the quest also makes arbitrary gates open and such. So mm-hmm. you'll complete some quest that does not give you a quest reward, and it will magically make someone appear in a, in a pub mm-hmm. who gives you another quest who wasn't there before. Like it's a it's a you know an art, a video game village. Like it has a set population. Even in something like Oblivion, like you know every citizen is accounted for. Yeah. You know, like you're not gonna there shouldn't be people who just appear. And and this is what's way smaller than that. There's maybe like 16 people who live here. Um, People should not just appear based on nothing, but that—that's what happens here. Yeah. So I was like, at this point, frustrated and just kind of wanted to get through the main story. Like at this point, I still wanted to beat it, and I'm like, okay, well, just give me to the fucking meat. Like, give me the pigs, <laughs> give me the bags. Like, I want to fight some bosses. Why haven't I fought a boss boss yet? This is really fucking strange, you know. But and I couldn't do that because I had to do a side quest that arbitrarily opened up the next main quest. And there's no relation. It's not like get the tools for the builder so he builds a house so you jump on the house and get to the treehouse. Right. It's just like, you know, get the magic potion and then someone appear then a quest appears to save a boy and then a quest appears to fix a bridge. You know, there's no relation between anything. There's no connective tissue in this game at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that is just, you know, when you talk about like things and different things are going to, you know, the same way everybody has favorites. Like there's some certain things in games like are always going to make me love them. Like, you know, I, I recently played uh, Dishonored, and like I love Dishonored, probably my favorite game this year. And it's pretty much any game that's going to let me sneak around houses that are unrelated to the plot <laughs> and steal stuff and get little like mini stories and like you know Resident Evil style like logs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love for life. If you if you let me do that, I love you. That is <laughs> that's what I want in a game. Conversely, there are things that are just always going to make me hate you, and I have no patience for. And this lost, you know, not knowing what to do next or how things are related to one another is just, it's a deal breaker for me. You know, even if the platforming is really fun, I would still come away from this game really frustrated because I can't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to fucking do. (laughs) You know, at no point was I like directed to the next objective in this game. And if I was the next objective, logically, it didn't even make sense where it was, Mm -hmm. you know, and literally no point. Like, are you told like, go here to do this. You know, I mean, maybe not literally no point, but I'm going to say in 80, at least 80% of cases of no exaggeration, you're not given any guidance about what you need to do. 
all, all, all I can say is my, my, my usual verb, which is grope. You spend the entire time. It's just kind of like, okay, show me more of this world. Show me more of this world. Show, okay. Uh, I ran out of things to do here. And it's kind of like, it's, it's at random hoping that you collide with something that will, you know, make a reaction, something that will move yeah. something forward. You so know. you start just doing, you know, clearing these these quests off your your log. Some of which the 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 quest and the solution have no connection either. So it's like, okay, I have to go to this area halfway across the world and do this unrelated thing to solve this first problem, you know, until one of them just magically opens up the next like plot uh, conveyance and lets you lets you move forward. Like it just it's it's so like so infuriating, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like I'm not going to say like I wanted to be like was this my least favorite game we played for the show. Probably not. Like, I probably hate Sword of Mana more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Sword of Mana didn't have this problem. Like, Sword of Mana <laughs> was, was you know, kind of, like, pointless and, and frustrating to me. But it wasn't like this. Like, this is a new new problem to watch out for fireballs, I feel like. Not like this. Not like this. Yeah. So, like- so Sword of Mana was more, was more disappointing because I think it squandered more. Yeah. This yeah. And this, didn't- this squanders plenty as far as, like, it's a neat... I like the idea of, like, a... a, a Metroid like with with quests and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that, you know. So that's squandered, for yeah. sure. I think our so spirits are broken. You, yeah, <laughs> you, you follow that that train of of whatever the fuck, and you you end up uh, fixing a bridge. Um, but to get there, you have to go through this haunted mansion. And I like the area in theory. Like the haunted mansion is this. It's this big old building that has all four sides exposed. And you rotate your point of view so you can explore all four sides. So, in effect, it's four different screens that are placed in a logical way in this three-dimensional space, which is pretty cool. Like, Mm -hmm. if it was more sensical and if it was easier to traverse and know where you were and if there was some kind of mapping solution and it didn't require you to memorize every nook and cranny to figure out how to get from point A to point B because this acts as some kind of hub world that you have to, you know, maneuver through. Um, then yeah, it would be amazing. But yeah, you spend it, a lot of time here. It does all of those things. You spend so much time here. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like I I I can understand. It seems like one of the more considered things that like one of the first things that you have to do in this area is is find all of these eggs, these gigantic mm-hmm. you know vulture eggs, and crack them in order to uh, you know destroy to, the to, prime egg or whatever. Destroy a prime egg, but there's no. Like, so there's not, like, feedback, though, for that. No. Just, I, just, I mean, I'm not going to say that about everything. Just assume that whenever we say you have to do something, nothing in the game told us we had to. Yeah. Or, like, like nothing told us. Or nothing, like, or nothing told us that we had, like, like you, you know, there are four eggs left, you know. Right. So, so right, like, right. The, the act of going and looking for those games, that makes sense to me because it's like, okay, you better get acquainted with this area. And, like, the, like the first time you go through it, you know, you have this uh, mouse person who's riding your back who tells you, no, don't go that way, go this way. No, don't mm-hmm. go that way, go this way. It's like, okay, cool. And then after that, it's kind of like, okay. just you, for you, his specific goal, though. That's yeah. just to get you to the other side to fix the, the pump or what have you. But that's like, a, but, but, it, but it, like it, te- it teaches you the principles of maneuvering in this area, yeah, which true. I think is necessary because, you know, you're not jumping into the background, you know, sp- exclusively. This. You're, act- you're actively switching the point of view. Like we are rotating the entire yeah. world, more or less. Exactly. So, so like as a way of teaching you that okay cool then it gives you a little bit more leash and it's like okay go and find all these things and so like as a principle of like a way to guide you into, into seeing everything that's here so you can learn how to traverse it that's fine i would prefer mm-hmm. they do that as opposed to just let you loose at random 
However, no. like it never gets better. Well, it, and at first, so not only, so it, it, nothing tells you you need to do the eggs. So it's like you do have to do the eggs. Nothing tells you. And it's actually, it actively discourages you because once you destroy the eggs, these little plants grow up under them that make the platforming more difficult. Yeah. So but- my, I, I was thinking of it, you know, the same as those uh, bulbs in the uh, dwarf forest, yeah. which are like, you know, you don't want to, you know, it's like Hubert, you know, like <laughs> you want to save your, your, your egg jumps, but really you have to do it to all of them. When you get to the magic egg eventually that you have to destroy, that you need to have destroyed all the previous eggs to do, there's nothing that says – there's no you know, relational thing between those two events that you have to destroy all the eggs. So I was just like, OK, you know, looked it up online. Oh, I guess I have to go back and do this arbitrary thing before I can advance the plot. Let's do it. And you know? like the, the, this is a point where I'm going to have to disagree or at least you know ad, ad, admit to something. Like by, by this point in the game, I was so trained in the mood logic of this game that when I finally figured out, like when I finally found this one egg that couldn't be broken, I was just like, Oh, this was like those other eggs. Maybe if I go get rid of all of them, something will happen. Yeah. And no, no, that's fair. Like I'll, I'll just, the fact, but the fact that they make it so for that to be an unqualified success, like I think that's, you know, that's fair, but to be unqualified success, there shouldn't have been a penalty for destroying the eggs before yes. because that discourages you from doing it. Yeah. So, okay. You know? The first time it happens and this area becomes more dangerous as a result of my actions, then, you know, like, okay, I'm going to avoid them. And that yeah. is that is a rational thing to do. And that, that's how I approached it. Because of, you know, years of dealing with video games and also with life. Like, <laughs> you know, have taught me, you know, to, to do that. Um, this this area is also full of those laughing or it has several of those laughing crying doors. Has so three, you have to go back. In, and, in and, fairness, yeah. it, has, it has three of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean as well in fairness though, like that's probably the biggest concentration of them. That's true. The they're, they're, and you can't so you you can't you still have to backtrack at this point. Like this is before you get the object that because you get an item that will eventually give you laughing or crying status. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? Yes. I did not have that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um so I was just traversing back and forth. And uh the game had not given me quite enough charity to to let me do this thing I should be able to do. So I didn't have enough charity wings. Yeah. Um, so I was very frustrated doing going back and forth with this part as well. Can't disagree. I mean, it's <laughs> it's bullshit. Most of the things in this game are bullshit. For some reason, when you finally complete all of the little puzzles in the haunted mansion, it unlocks like a portal to fight the fire pig. So the pig who's controlling the fire zone is here. Yes. For some reason. Like if you after leaving the mountain, you can walk into the fire cave and you can't continue into it because it's it's on fire. Right. Fire cave. So for some reason, again, just all the way across the map, totally unrelated is where you find the portal to the boss. I didn't take as much issue with this as you did. Like I just saw it as, you know, asymmetric game design, kind of like uh Oh man, Mega Man X or Alpha Protocol or something like that, where you know different areas affect different things. Um, it would make more sense if the bosses for a particular area were in that area, but I I, I didn't question it as much as you did. I think. Yeah, I, I guess like because at this point, like I mean, I, I would want to think of it like that, but since it's it's not like a like in both those games, it's it's a it's a, a fun little bonus, right? Right, like doing them in in different you know different orders, like add something neat to the game this time so that's one reason why i didn't see it as an upside the other side is that like this game had been theming this idea of everything being disconnected at this point that it just tied into that for me you know like the the 
okay, like why wouldn't the boss for this one area be in a totally different area? <laughs> you know, um, and like just even finding the portal to the the pig is not. You know, like this one is fine. Like this one, I feel like I found with some some reasonableness. Yeah. The, other than that, though, they're not anywhere the, logical. The other ones, the like the, the only the only indication that you have of where you a need to find the pin ba- the big bag, or b need to find their portal, is this one soothsayer in the Bacchus village. Mm. Like this one fortune teller says, like you know, green is in some place hot, and you know, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Other than that, you just have to a pray that you have the ba- you know the the bag in your inventory when you when you come across where the portal is, and b you know pray that you can find where the portal is at all. Like in the case sure. of the pig that's in the fire cave, like you have to go to this area that you never would have gone to. Yeah. Well, don't don't train me to ignore NPCs then. Like don't <laughs> don't make every single person say worthless garbage or give me you know at yeah. this point if I need to pay attention to them. Yeah. You know, at that point, that's a little bit picky because a lot of games do that. But I was already pissed. <laughs> Talking about the boss fights a little bit because this is the first one okay. you run into, like well the... over halfway through the game. It's really <laughs> kind of strange. Yeah, the boss fights are largely luck based. Um, each of them has their own elemental affinity. Each of these uh, evil pigs. What's frustrating is that the red one, the one that you fight, the you know to clear the fire cave, um, is the most frustrating. Mm. It's it's it, like all of the other ones compared to this one are a fucking cakewalk. Um, so the goal of each of these pig fights is to jump onto him and then throw him into the pig bag, which is a fixture in the environment. In this case, I believe he the, the bag is rotating very rapidly in the center of the screen. In other places, yeah. it like it uh, it scrolls like horizontally, it moves side to side, and so you have to jump onto him and then time your throw in a certain way so that you know it'll go into it and then go around. So if you know what you're doing, you can get it in one shot and there are some pigs where i did get into one shot but other times it became this horrifying awful ideal or ordeal rather where you were mm. just fighting against the systems of this game just kind of it's like pretty unforgiving too like you have to be right on target yeah. with getting into the middle of that bag it doesn't have any suction or any help or kind of suck it in or anything like that yeah i mean and just the uh the the, the bag opening it's one tomba height so mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. you know so just like it's a very small target and with as floaty as everything is and kind of the, the attacks that the that the pigs throw at you, they're mostly incidental. It's just something to avoid on your way towards situating him into a certain place. And then it's just a matter of trying to trick him into teleporting to a certain area so you can have an advantageous angle on this pig bag and mm-hmm. all of them play the same way up to and including the final boss. Yeah. I saw, I watched a YouTube of that. I was really kind of surprised that they didn't pull out anything else for the, the final boss. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind these that much. No. As boss battles. Like it's not that fun. I'm a little bit disappointed that they all ended up more or less the same because I only did two and they were, they're pretty similar, but I was like, Oh, well maybe they'll, you know, give me some, some set piece bosses or change, you know, challenge some other mechanics or something like that. Uh, not the case, but they're not. It's not that bad. I was expecting it's, a truly like infuriating boss fight based on the rest of the game up to this point. I mean, it, it's it's fairly innocuous. It's fairly just non-offensive compared to the rest of the game. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, good way way to have non-offensive boss fights. <laughs> After that, this boss fight, you end up in this area where you have to do this swinging puzzle, and I hope you know which one I'm talking about—the room where you have to swing up to the upper right. Yeah, and there are. So I was. This was the first area where I was at zero lives, mm-hmm. trying to do this this swing puzzle. Where like, it's not a puzzle. I want to call it that, but it's not like 
so it's, it's a series of pegs kind of set out like a plinko board and you're you're swinging from peg to peg and i want it to be like okay i need to time this one so i'm not swinging super fast and jump off and i'll get to this one and just figure out which way to go with that but because you have to aim your hands for the things which i was talking about earlier because the grappling hook is like almost no help here and because that's not really what's going on like there's not I don't feel like there's a set way to get through this. If so, I didn't figure it out. So maybe, maybe there is. But I just kind of ended up lucking my way through this as well and must have reloaded, you know, 15 times here. I forget what you were going after in this particular area. It must have been a different pig bag, I think. It was a pig bag. Yeah, it was. It was I had a... no idea that I needed it. I just <laughs> was out of places to go. Yeah. So like I was like, I need to go to the fire cave, but I don't have the fire cave pig bag. Maybe this will be it. And, and it is. Yeah. So... so. I didn't have problems with this. I'm actually, I mean, I don't want to say I'm surprised. Like, really? No, because, you know, everything in Tomba is, you know, fraught with the potential to be just a horrifying ordeal or ideal, as I say. Um, But just kind of like a horrifying ideal, yes. Um, The horror story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, the thing that really irritates, like, nothing that. I just default to saying that the thing that really irritated me about no, like I, I, I figured out earlier on that just kind of like the direction that you hold while you're swinging doesn't mm-hmm. affect your swinging momentum. Like once you're swinging, that's it. And then you aim it so you can shoot off at different diagonals and they were placed mm-hmm. in a certain way where you can actually like aim in a diagonal towards whatever you're shooting at or aim upwards or sideways or downward. Or I, I did not figure that out. Yeah. So, so like, and and if only there had been like a training area. Again, just like <laughs> at this point, I'm being a little bit unfair. But like, yeah, that was my fault. I guess I did. I did not figure that out. Yeah. But in, in the end, it did definitely contribute to bad will because I did reload like 15 times. Yeah. That, so. Well, I mean, it's 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 relevant to say that at this point, like you know, there there are more areas to find. But like after you beat your first or second evil pig, everything just kind of falls into place, and you know, you're three quarters of the way through the game. And it's just kind of like, okay, now I need to go find all these pig bags and or evil pigs. So I knew I knew that. And I went to the fire cave because I knew the fire cave would be uh, extinguished at this point. And uh, getting up to the the pig in this was fairly easy. Like I just kind of, you know, you go like kind of straight up and you get to it. And I did my second pig boss fight, which is, you know, almost identical to the first. Um, the bag just kind of moves right and left instead. After this, though, I had no idea like where to go within the fire cave. So this is where I got stuck, and ultimately I ended up watching those videos, and I just didn't find the exit to it. But this is a really tough platforming section. And and, and nothing before this, nothing prior to this point was as bad as this was. Mm-hmm. Like, things before this were bad, but this is just, just is unforgiving. Really and it, and, and it, it was the like, area where, where I hit that wall. Like, you know, you, you hit it getting that pig bag. This is where I was just kind of like, okay, I need to get my ideal loadout for this, save here, and just resign myself. It took me two nights of playing to get to this. This was two sittings. Yeah. Like, like, to, like to get through this. And should, should not be. Should, should, should not be because, like, when you get to the end of this area, like, there's the, like you don't progress. Like you get to the Phoenix and that's about it. I don't even think there's a pig bag at the end of this. So like after you defeat that first, you know, the, the evil pig who's very, very close to the beginning. Like there's nothing else that you need to do here. Mm. So far as I know, I, I forget how you get to uh, the jungle or, 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 or what have you, but there's, there's an exit in the upper right that you get to the, the jungle yeah. for. And, and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I was fine with that. Or, or no, you're collecting Phoenix treats or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you have to do here. 
so the problem with this, like again, just like all the problems of this game adding up to a super frustrating level. So I, I had a new, you know, I had my two levels of keys. There's tons of treasure here. I have no idea what's going to be a plot important treasure or mechanically important treasure. So I was kind of going through this trying to find, trying to get treasure chest. Oftentimes they're floating in the middle of space. Yeah. So you have to land precisely on top of them to open them and then also have an exit strategy to get off of them because after you open them, they disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which was, which was very tough, uh, tough for me here. Um, and that was, I mean, that was ultimately what ended up doing it for me. It's like I got a couple treasures. They ended up being worthless, but there was still more I couldn't get to. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't watch that reloading screen. No, again. no. So that was my that was my end game. That was my non-standard game uh, game ending <laughs> for Toma. Just quit and hate uninstall. The one where you, the one where you throw the uh, the PSP out the window and yeah. you can never play Tomba or any PSP game again. Yeah, which fucks over our Metal Gear Solid episode. <laughs> oh gosh. So <laughs> talk to talk to me about what happens after this. What what horrors did I avoid by by quitting? All <laughs> the quitting was good. Well, um, I now have a shock of white hair running running through my. <laughs> Uh, through my quaff, as it were, um, it's like like the, there are two areas after this: the uh, the Masakari Jungle and the Underground Maze, and, and those are the last um, unique areas that you find. Um, speaking to the jungle, you know, it takes that problem of not seeing the foreground to the extreme. Um, you probably saw this in your in your let's plays and speed mm-hmm. runs, but like you 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 can't see anything that can hurt you in this. Like you know, there are enemies that you have to jump over but they jump up to match you whenever you jump and you don't see them until you jump so you're just kind of like running along and you get hit like oh what was that then you jump and then this racist caricature jumps up and spears you stabs you in the balls yeah exactly um and and you know like there's a neat little like zip lining kind of a, a mechanic to this where you grab onto a rope and then you you know you slide down and that's that's pretty cool i like zip lines you know in in all of the little diagrams in my dream house that i drove in or that that i drew in uh, second grade you know in addition to mm-hmm. the helipad at the top and the uh, comic book room on the seventh floor you know you, you got out of it by either, by either taking a water slide or a zip line i like zip lines <laughs> the They're two cool. best forms of transportation yes yeah but uh, but if you hold on to them for too long in certain places, you fall right into a big bamboo cage that these big-lipped racist caricatures come out of, and then you die. Game over. Have fun. Fuck you. Um, yeah. What, what do they do to you? They, it just do anything. They they like they they gang up and they surround you and they're jumping up and down and hooping and then fade to black. You're done. Mm. Yeah. And like, th- there's a neat little area in here. I forget what it's called, but it's some kind of village. Um, that has like a, a civilized village, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a it's a civilized village. Um, it is. I think the, that might be the name of it. The civilized village that yeah. has like a clock tower and you know it's like a castle and things like that. And it's the most adventure gamey portion of the game because hmm. like a lot, it's very self contained and it's neat because you can find everything you need to solve this either very close to the entrance to the village or you know within the village itself. Which again, we talked about that. That's key for. For these kind of puzzles, like yeah. I want the solutions close to the problems. Yeah, like at most three screens away. Yeah, like that should be the rule of thumb. At least four tomba links away. But um, yeah, it's, it's you know, just blah. Other otherwise, it's I mean, it's not that offensive other than those horrible things that I said. And you find a portal there. There's a pig bag, just like everything else that you find mm-hmm. in the game. Whatever. Um, and then the final area of the game they get to is this place called the Underground Maze, which is top down like Bacchus Village or the Dwarf Forest Village. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a maze and there are these mole people who are, who are tunneling and it, it acts as kind of this central war pub almost like you, you can get from there to other areas in the game. Um, and mm. here's where you find the million year old man who ultimately tells you, you know, how to find the, uh, the, the, the final evil pig. Um, and you activate his, you know, like end game quest, by defeating all seven of the evil pigs or whatever. And like, oh gosh, why isn't everything better? Well, there's one more that you have to find and here's the shrine that you have to go to. And that opens up kind of one of the most egregious areas in the game, which is the uh, the, seven, the seven friends quest mm-hmm. or event rather, which uh, says like, oh gosh, we need people to stand on these pedestals because all the evil pig statues are gone. What are we going to do? We're going to go around to every area that you visited in the past, talk to every NPC, and hope that they say, yeah, I'll go stand there for you. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to go talk to everybody. And it's it's made a little bit better at this point because – um, if you've been doing this one particular this one particular quest in the dwarf village, you have Baron, who is a, a uh, dog that flies you places. Yeah, he's a Dumbo dog. He's got these gigantic ears yeah. that you can fly around, and you know, you know, that's a nice reward for following a quest through to its com- to its completion. You know, being able to warp around uh, without charity, as it were. You um, complete that quest pretty late, though. Yes, yes, you well, do. So you have to get the medicinal herbs, which I've been looking for for a long time because I got the beginning of that quest. But I did not have the power to get those until, you know, fairly yeah. late in the game. The think, Let's Player guy who I watched <laughs> didn't get it until uh, around the, the jungle. Yeah, I think you get them in the jungle. Um, yeah. So that's that's some bullshit because there's no indication of, like, where they're going to be. So it's like, now I have to take a mental inventory of where everybody that I talked to was. And eventually I just fact it. And even yeah. and even at that point, like somebody get on it and write a good fact for this because That's, like, yeah, one hundred percent true. Th- there was yeah, the there was nothing. Garbage. It was like yeah. okay, there are three people in the Bacchus Village. Like which three? Tell yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, the the facts are, are garbage. Partly yeah. because it's so hard to describe where things are in relation to each other. Yeah, in this game, um, and and you know like uh, uh, Metroid, like, you know, like the the Game Boy Castlevania games. There's one of them I tried to play. One of the early ones got stuck and it was impossible to figure out how to move on with the fact because the guy who did the fact was doing things in the right order and I maybe yes. skipped things because of the nonlinearity. So it's a hard game to fact for, but uh, a map would have done it. <laughs> like, a, like a JPEG would just circle the villagers would have taken care of this. One of the things that I love about Amazon, especially when you buy through the duckfeed.tv slash tip jar, um, <laughs> is that you can find um, strategy guides for old games for about five cents. So you're effectively getting them for just the shipping cost. Mm. No Brady games or Prima strategy guide exists for this game. Wow. Yeah. That's, like yeah. I would have been like, okay, Amazon Prime, I'll get this in two days, and that'll help me beat this game. Not the case. I bet you the actual strategy guide would probably be uh, really expensive, though, since this yeah. game is really expensive as well. If there was a strategy guide, it'd probably be incredibly rare. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like you, you throw a bunch of pigs into some bags until you get to the pig who's... On a, in a field of gold, a la Sting, and uh, and then you <laughs> win the game. He's one of the ten summoners <laughs> that they're referring to that tells their tales. <laughs> uh, he sings the song of the blue turtle, and then, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> dropping some Sting science on you. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe, uh, maybe evil pigs love their children too. Exactly. Um. <laughs> and the and, and the weapon they use to beat him is some kind of desert rose. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> So, so yeah, then then you win. But did you win? And you get to see a little anime cutscene. Did you win? 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, some people did. Like, people like this fucking game. They do. They talk about it reverently. Like, wasn't there yeah. a Retronauts episode about this? Uh, no, I don't know if they did a whole episode about it, but they were very excited about the game coming out. Yeah. And, like, after this, maybe, like, Raybar and Holt's going to show up at my, my house with, like, a knife and a, you know, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm just imagining, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I would want to hear, like, whether they, like, whether people who, not just necessarily them, but people who love this game. Like, we say this after every game we review that, like, we don't <laughs> like. But, like, if you like this game, please tell us why. Please do. Like, and hop like, onto um, Facebook. And maybe like... it was John, so John Sillionaire. Uh, maybe it may have been him. I can't remember who it was, but it talked about sacrifice a lot after we did it. And I really appreciated uh-huh. that. Like, even though I ultimately like still don't like that game very much, mm-hmm. like it's really helpful to have, you know, like Cole and I don't have identical tasting games <laughs> by any means, but like where there's enough of a Venn diagram to where, you know, an outside perspective on something like this can sometimes yeah. be really helpful. We, we so have, it, we have sizable blind spots. Yeah. Unlock this for us, please. Like, tell me the, tell me the cool, tell me what's, you know, how you, the things that I hate if, and maybe you just didn't notice them. Maybe it's like, oh, that just didn't bother me. That's fair enough. But if there's some way of thinking about it that made it work for you, like, please let us know. Please. Because I'd be curious to see how, how those things are, are justified. I won't attack you. I'm not attacking you now. If you like this game, that's great. Yeah. I'm, you know, have, I'm glad you're having fun with it. It's not only it's the worst game we've done. It's just, it's very, I was very, had a very unfun time with it. Yeah. I really wanted to be like at this point, be like, okay, no more 2.5D platformers ever for the show. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like, you know, Klonoa was like, a, like C, you know, B minus really at best. Yeah. Um, but then at some point, you know, like uh, Yala Apprentice has been requesting us to do Knights forever. And like, I, that's a big blind spot I have. And that might be, you don't like Knights? I never played it. Oh, I loved Knights when I played it. I'm just afraid to go back to it. Oh, and it's going to be the same kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I, I still own it. Like I have the Saturn analog controller and everything, so I can mm-hmm. play the original. And they just put mm-hmm. out that uh, that remake. But that's what I would end up having to play. Yeah, yeah. So maybe someday we'll do that. But I, we need a long break from from two point five D platformers. True, because I just I just don't think that it works that well. I just don't, you know, just like this game would have been better in without, you know, these elements that kind of make it noteworthy. Also kind of fucked over the game and the game kind of fucked, even if it's just a straight up platformer, just levels with a pig at the end of each level, mm-hmm. it would not be great, but it would be like playable yeah. more playable for me. Um, and it's like, you know, we talk a lot on the show about like liking interesting failures and, and, and enjoying that aspect of games. And it just, you know, not, not this much, not enough interesting, too much failure. Like for me, for this one, like I like interesting failures when the lesson that you learn from the end of it is like, you know, salient, <laughs> yeah you, you know just kind of like oh i wouldn't have known that about games if i hadn't played this but every way that this game fails it's entirely the the, the designer's fault like yeah. they could have done a better job in almost every regard from it, the platforming mechanics to like giving you an idea of where to go it's like the the the, the lessons that you learn from tomba are so uninteresting yeah <laughs> the well and it's also the the interesting things are not like something that's new to games it's just what happens if we take this genre and smash it into this genre? Yeah. You know, like what if we just add this thing from a game to this other thing, you know, and, and without considering how that's going to change how you play, you know, adding these quest elements, adding this nonlinearity to, to what's essentially just like a platformer um, changes like how you play it like quite a bit. And you have to, there are certain things you have to do at that point, you know, and, and Metroid does it and Castlevania does it just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game does not.
as you may have noticed at the top of the episode, uh, for you, for the listeners of Watch Out for Fireballs, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, if you're anything like us, you hate being alone with your thoughts. We've talked about that quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, if you're all out of podcasts, audiobooks are a great, uh, great solution for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any – so this is a new thing to us, and, and we're pretty excited about it. Like, I like this yeah. service. Um, I like audiobooks. Uh, what do you have any kind of recommendation or anything? Yeah, actually, um, and, and this this is a great way to you know get people hipped to our to our frequency, as it were, because we're both we're both big readers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I like audiobooks, you, you know, not only because of you know you know uh, sometimes reading is just too much work, uh, but also because <laughs> they can they can bring a new interpretation to to a work. I really like when when an author himself um, or herself reads her own audiobook, like David Sedaris. Uh, those are all really good. Or if that's not the case, when like there are multiple voices and my recommendation for this episode is going to be one that really exemplifies that the audiobook version of rant by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, mm. I know Chuck Palahniuk, uh, you know, lol fight club, blah, blah, blah. I think he's a good writer and I think they realize a little bit too much on shock value. And that's where a lot of people get turned off. But this book, um, it's written in the voice of like a, an oral narrative or an, or an oral history. So from multiple Mm -hmm. points of view, everybody talking and contradicting each other. And this presentation gives each of them their own voice. So yeah, what's great about this is that, you know, it's told from multiple points of view and each character gets their own voice and you really get to associate with them, uh, you know, their, their, their different points of view, um, based on their voices. And it really comes across like this awesome audio play. So as far mm. as like really taking advantage of the medium, this is one of the, you know, I've listened to lots of audiobooks, but this is the one that really, really just kind of like kicks it off. It's a great story. Um, if you like video games uh, to a certain extent, and I'm pretty sure you do if you're listening to this, you, you know, it delves into this crazy technology metaphysical um, aspect of uh, storytelling and, you know, the way people relate to the world and this whole escapism and uh, things like that. So it's 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 a really good book. If you haven't read it, um, then I definitely recommend going for this one and uh yeah it gets my seal of approval yeah so yeah just uh again just uh that link one more time just if you want to check that out go to uh, audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs and uh you can get that book that we just talked about for free or many others yeah yeah ton, tons of other ones so um so in on on the subject of tomba um <laughs> you have you've heard what we have to say about tomba um we want to hear what you have to say. We have not gotten a lot of responses about about that, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. You know, it's kind of like a, a I don't know, cult classic or or what have you. I don't know what you'd want us to say about it, <laughs> but uh, it is a uh, you know not a you know sold very poorly. Um, but we did get a response from uh, Hong Kong, who is a uh, a stalwart uh, commenter on these, which we you know we love you, Hong Kong. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I love I love pulling up his, his things on something awful because his icon is this little drawing <laughs> of, of Kirby saying "Yo yo yo, I love divergence." <laughs> um, so it's it, you know, like whenever you have like any kind of forum uh, relationship with somebody, you just start associating them with their their avatar. Yeah. So so I, I like that. And uh, yeah, do you want to read uh, Hong Kong's response? Yes, sir. Tomba is an interesting game. Probably one of my favorite PS1 games, honestly. It's metroidvania e silly, sweet, and has a mute boy store chicks in his stomach. Not chicks as in, like, women, but chicks. 
as in baby birds. Mm. Um, I've only managed to 100% the game once, even after 10 or so playthroughs, and the reward isn't worth it by the time you get it. All I really can say is this. Like some of my other stories, this one harkens back to the days when I was a mere child. I had one of those awesome extending plastic swords that was different colors and everything, and when you swung it, the plastic parts all stuck in place. Well, months before Tomba had ever been a twinkle in my eye, I found my old McDonald's Goomba flip toy from Mario 3. Uh, that, 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 that's just me saying that. I remember I had that toy. Um, <laughs> I also learned that the tip of the sword fit between Goomba's legs and body. It, at the time, made it look like Goomba was sporting a massive erection. So I would chase my younger brother around while screaming, Goomba loves you! Goomba loves you! <laughs> Goomba will fuck you. <laughs> Goomba is going to <laughs> fuck you. Sorry. Cue to months later, I see a commercial for a game that ends with the hero's fist at his sides, shoulders, bra- shoulders back, crotch kind of pushed out. Then the voiceover said something along the lines of, remember kids, Tomba loves you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Tomba Filled with despair over his grandpa's, uh, you know, descent into oblivion, he decides. Well, grief, to... grief fuck, right? Like that's what uh, if you watch like Six Feet Under, like, there's all kinds of grief fuck going on in there. Sometimes start... just to feel alive, you just have to. <laughs> Oh, man. Hong Kong continues. I started laughing hysterically. From that point on, I kept the tip of the sword in arm's reach just to hold up for the commercial. Yeah, I'm a terrible person. Sorry, man. <laughs> so, oh, so, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wolf you loves you. 10 yeah. times and you 100 percent it at once. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, that's the that's incredible. <laughs> um, just wow, man. Wow. And, and and you know don't don't feel bad about the, the thing. No. I mean, who who has not joked about raping their younger brother with a sword? Uh, <laughs> Being the younger brother of a family, I know. Yeah, Chris, I know. And Chris Ross is that? Can you speak to this? The, um, only child. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm safe. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, so 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 thank you, Hong Kong. Um, we probably won't. I feel like uh, so if we were gonna go. Um, you know, go to the, the deliberation content to get the quest reward for some other fucking unrelated content uh, across the map. I feel like we probably, um, I think that you have won fairly recently and you mm-hmm. are the only responder this yeah. time. So would, would it, so, um, yeah, I mean, just, just, just by the fact that you're the sole responder, um, we're going to hold off, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that yeah. a fair thing to say? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, not, to, not because we don't enjoy your comment and we love you, uh, Hong Kong and we love your Hong comment. But uh, yeah, just because, uh, and I also feel like you you possibly won a little bit uh, recently, and that may my memory may be faulty, but I'm all tombified. Yeah, tombified. Um, tombified. So <laughs> yeah, um, we want to talk about a little bit about what we're doing in the upcoming months. Yes, um, I'm very excited because we're going to finish out the year with a fucking bang compared to this yeah. monstrosity. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Our, our our next episode um, is going to be about Metal Gear Solid, uh, mm-hmm. which again is available on the PlayStation Network. Um, I am currently within like maybe one sitting of beating the game again, and it's mm-hmm. a delight, man. It like this is going to restore your faith in humanity. It's going to make you find God. You're going to, <laughs> you know, your acne is going to clear up. Uh, you know, all, all of that good stuff. This game will cure what ails you, Gary. There is balm in Gilead. <laughs> Like for fucking real, it's amazing. I, I'm looking forward to. It. I haven't played this in a long time. Um, the last time I played it was the the uh, Two Snakes remake yeah. thing, which is is you know has some some serious problems that have been documented elsewhere. 
Um, so I'm super excited to play this game, and it's a game I I, I like. I yeah. like this game. I, you know, going back to it, I'm you know maybe there'll be some things that I'll I'll you know dislike or find frustrating or anything like that. But it's gonna be nice to play a game by people who know how to make a game exactly um, for once. <laughs> like it, and uh, yeah. yeah, just yeah for real. So um, they they make a they they drop a blue velvet line like yeah like yeah, I saw that on your Twitter yeah like I'm going to send you a love letter. Do you know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from my gun to your heart. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like um, like if, if anything was made specifically for me it is this game referencing blue velvet so yeah uh, yeah so amazing if it was made for me it's because they're constantly talking about the darpa chief <laughs> i don't know what it is about that combination have, of words but have, it's really have funny you, to have, me. have you played metal gear solid 3 yeah okay yeah we'll we'll, yeah. T- we'll talk about that offline yeah yeah that, and that's fine yeah, i it's it's been a while since i don't think i'm i'm quite as into the lore as as you are, so I may not remember that. Like I think that I I, I like how gleefully batshit insane Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid the storyline is, um, but it does make it harder for me to follow. Yeah, like so. I'm considering going and getting the like the HD remake collection mm-hmm. and just like plowing through the entire series now. Even, yeah, maybe you'll, you know you'll get to the end and you'll be like, oh, okay, the lolly lay la lo like <laughs> totally makes sense. That's excellent. I yeah. love the lolly lay la lo. Yeah, I, I'm I'm already a PhD in this game, so I, yeah. I think I've gotten through it. I've only killed like ten people so far, which is that's neat. awesome. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So do you know? In continuing our like games we love, uh, <laughs> you know, month. So uh, we're doing that, or not month, but kind of quarter. Um, mm-hmm. After that, we are doing Fallout, yes. um, a game I love, which I am not going to kill people in. Um, we're doing two parts. The first episode is going to be up until you get to the water merchants. The second part is going to take you through the end of the game. It's a post-nuclear role-playing game, uh, Infinity Engine, um, you know, classic computer RPG. Yeah. I'd really encourage you guys to to play it if you have not already played it. You can get it on good old games for about ten bucks, and the thing six that, bucks, six bucks, really, yeah. So yep. six dollars, even better, um, mm-hmm. and even better than that, um, GOG is now releasing games for the Mac, mm-hmm. and both Fallout One and Two are playable on Mac OS Ten. Yeah, um, so and both well worth your time. We're going to be co- covering Fallout One, but I love Fallout Two as well. Yeah, like it's a little bit, it's longer, it's a little messier. The uh, it doesn't have quite as good a story, but the, just the things you can do in that game are incredible. Yeah, like uh, so, yeah. like that is a huge deal. Like this to me is like almost a bigger deal than Steam going to Mac. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Um, yeah, so Water Merchants, play up to that, and then we're going to round out the first part of December with that. Then after that, we're going to be talking about Shadowrun for the SNES. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll remember early on in our tenure uh, with this podcasting venture, we talked about the Genesis version of Shadowrun, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, which is a good game. Um, as a brief, uh, or I'm sorry, I was going to... Go ahead. Let me catch up there. And as a brief programming note, if you go back and listen to any of the old episodes, which we can you know, we can see our stats, so we know some people do, which, you know, again, thank you very much. Um, there's some kind of audio error where that episode, the, the episode on Shadowrun, is very quiet. So by the time you hear this, this will be fixed. If you've gone back through the archives and you, you're listening to the episodes and you found that one to be too quiet for your liking, go back and check it out again. Or if you want to check out our first episode on Shadowrun before we do our Super Nintendo Shadowrun uh, yeah. episode, because they're totally different games. Exactly. This one's more up my alley. It's like a point-and-click adventure game, more of a traditional RPG as opposed to the action RPG. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Mm-hmm. Um, have we announced our next one after that? No, no, we haven't. Um, which... Yeah, what is, do you want to? I think we should. Yeah, we can we can do our next one after that. It's fun to yeah. announce games. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. So the game that we're going to begin this next year with, I think, is our first 32-bit RPG. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Parasite Eve. 
which yep. is um, just uh, two great tastes that taste great together, two of my favorite genres, RPG and survival horror. Um, it's a relatively short role-playing game. And when I say relatively, I mean incredibly relatively. It's about 20 hours long. Um, yeah. But uh, it's going to be one episode just for considerations and such. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've played it. Um, through entirely uh but i have played it recently enough to know that it is a good game not like a tomba situation i'm like yeah let's do it <laughs> let's go for <laughs> and then, it and then, yeah, and then and then tomba will fuck you tomba's the, going uh, to fuck you but the uh, yeah i'm looking forward to that too it's been a long time since i played that game but it was one of my favorite uh, early playstation games and uh, i like it when square branches off and does weird shit yeah you know, so, um, you know, I just remember, you know, super amazing cutscenes, really cool, dark story, really, you know, kind of creative, uh, you know, uh, a mix of things. Um, and it's one of the very few RPGs where you're just one person. Yeah. You know, so there's no no party. I feel like that, mm-hmm. you know, is very, you know, hasn't really been done all that often, yeah. you know, in, in RPGs. So. And the weapon upgrading system is like equ- is as interesting as the uh, as the job system. In like yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics and whatnot. Well, let's back up here. Yeah, I, I disagree with that, but it is it is it has a, a robust and nice yeah. weapon. I, li- I like I like it a lot. Um, yeah, as, it's as, really a, as a way of progression. It's funny looking looking at it like listed out: Metal Gear Solid, Fallout, Shadowrun, Parasite Eve. This is our like pseudoscience quarter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I like, you know, some science fiction for a while. Yeah. And then uh, just as a, a little, a brief little tantalizing glimpse, um, shortly after that, we are going into realms more fantastical. Yes. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, other ways, you know, just kind of general admin stuff. So ways you can you can help out the show, rate and review us on iTunes, leave us a review, tell your friends about it. Find us on any number of social media things, so Facebook, Twitter, um, I, our YouTube channel. Um, I just cleared out our first Let's Play request thread, and I'm going to start on the next one, which has something like 10 or 11 games on it, so that's going to last a while. Nice. Um, I'm going to try to do um, on Cheerful Ghost, so again, visit Cheerful Ghost. It's an awesome website. We really like uh, John, the guy who runs it a lot. Um, I've been doing posts for our old episodes, so if you want a kind of a listening guide um, to the show, you could go there and check out my post there. And uh, he requested uh, to do a Let's Play of Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, if it exports in the way that lets my video capture capture it, um, for Halloween I'm planning on doing um, you know a half hour or so of just the kind of the intro to uh, to Call of Cthulhu. Maybe I'll push it to the Inescape and do the the good part of Call of Cthulhu as a Let's Play <laughs> as a nice. special uh, Watch Out for Fireballs Halloween thing, which you will already have heard because it will come out. Uh, this comes out the day after Halloween. Yes, it does. But um, yeah, so if you uh, if you didn't know, if you haven't been checking out the YouTube channel, that will be there. Yeah. If you're interested in that, I also started a form spring. I don't I'm, know. I'm not good with social media. <laughs> if you want to ask us questions, though, we'll answer them, um, yeah. and that's the place to do it. So I think it's a uh, waffpodcast.formspring.com. Yeah, it's it's formspring.me/waffpodcast. Oh, okay. um, I just checked it. There are no there are no questions there. But now that it's here, go ask us stuff. Ask us about games and and everything. Ask us, so, ask us about anything. Yeah, anything really. Okay. Like you know, yeah. we, we we've shared enough of ourselves that you uh, can ask us questions from the uh, from the from the nice umbrella of anonymity that uh, Form mm-hmm. Spring provides. Um, that's all the social media stuff. Um, there are tangible ways to support us. You can um, go to um, duckfeed.tv slash tipjar. 
Um, if, you're, if you're going to be buying anything uh, over Amazon, you can use that link and we get credit for sending you there. Um, that's a huge deal, especially with uh, with Christmas and whatever holidays you you celebrate coming up. Um, that we get that, and that helps us cover bandwidth and things like that. So, really helps us out uh, when you do that, and we really appreciate it when you do. Um, the other thing, we're still selling the magnets. Um, so, mm-hmm. if you want to go to uh, uh, our our site, you can find a little icon on the on the front page for the magnets. Um, those are, uh, reasonably priced. They're handmade and I send them out to you with a nice little note and some, uh, some postcards and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a, that, that, that's another way to support us and also get something tangible and neat to, yeah, we're, you know, well worth it. Won't break the bike. Um, speaking of tangible and neat things, um, if you were interested in t-shirts, we're still kind of working that up and getting, gauging some interest. We definitely received some interest in that. So it's probably something that we will, um, pull the trigger on eventually. We're still just the logistics of it are escaping us a little bit. But if right. you are interested in that, uh, shirts at uh, duckfeed.tv is the email you want to use. Um, yes. If you tried that in the past, um, maybe try it again because I guess the email was faulty yes. for a time. Um, it is now working. And a big way you can support the show is that uh, Audible uh, link that we mentioned a couple times. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge, huge thing for us. We're not going to pimp it you know, any more than we already have. Um, but it would be a huge help the show yeah and uh, it's totally free to you get a so, free audiobook just go do it do it that's great there's plenty there like your yep. favorite book it's there yep they know it so you'll love yep. it absolutely so yeah so uh you know go ahead and uh do all of those things um you can check out our other shows on the network um you know cole shows my shows um there's going to be some some new shows coming up uh throughout before the end of the year so mm-hmm. look forward to that and uh yeah is there anything any other piece of advice that we have um, well, I mean, aside from the big one, you know, the important yeah. thing, which is, you know, Tomba befriends old men. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, be sure to watch out for fireballs. keep in or move out as you see fit okay decision all right Uh, (laughs) collect our dick (laughs) all right i love that Uh, one more time uh yeah, yeah yeah